We would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which we broadcast loud and queer, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, and pay our respects to their elders past and present. We extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people and recognise their own history as well as their queer history and community members. The Voice by LGBTQ plus youth and music only on Sin. This is Loud and Queer. Queer, queer. Welcome to Loud and Queer, the voice for queer youth and music on Sin. My name is Elizabeth, my pronouns are she, her, I am bisexual, and I'm coming to you on Boonarong land, and I would like to acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded. Hey, my name is Sammy, my pronouns are they, them, and uh, I'm coming to you from Wurundjeri land in the Kulin Nation, and uh, I acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded. And my name's Laura, I um, identify as queer, and my pronouns are they, them, and I'm coming to you from Wamba Wamba and Prepa Prepa land, and I acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded, and we'd all like to acknowledge the traditional owners, past, present, and future. Uh, if you want to check out, check us out after the show, you can check us out on Twitter or Instagram at SinLoud, that's at S-Y-N-Loud, or Loud and Clear on Facebook. Uh, if you're listening to this show live, you can find it in podcast form uh, on our Omni, just searching for Loud and Queer Podcasts or Loud and Queer Omni. You can also find it on all the major podcast providers like Apple Podcasts and uh, Spotify. And if you're listening to the podcast version of this, you can catch us at 3pm on Sundays on 90.7 FM or the SID website, sin.org.au. Uh, coming up on the show, we're going to be going through just our regular news stories as well as um, we have a very exciting interview that Sammy did with um, Nambay songwriter June Jones um, and of course our Froth or Not. This podcast is brought to you by Sin Media. Uh, welcome back to Loud and Queer on Sin. Um, um, we're going into our, our news web now. Um, just be aware for a content warning just for the persecution of homosexuality. So bit heavy stuff there but we'll get into it so just come back a little bit later if you don't want to hear that stuff from pink news gay afghan author namat sadat has warned that the taliban will weed out and exterminate the lgbt plus community in afghanistan following their seismic takeover there has been significant concern for the safety and well-being of women girls and lgbt plus people in afghanistan after the extremist militant group seized power. The Taliban is expected to enforce its extreme interpretation of Sharia law across Afghanistan, which would see many women and LGBT plus people persecuted. Under it, queer people and women could be sentenced to death. The the rest of our stories aren't quite as heavy as that one. But yeah, uh, before we start reading some of the lighter news stories, just want to read out uh, some help and support lines. So uh, if you're feeling affected by that news story, uh, the lifeline is 131114. You can contact Q Life at 1 800 184 uh, And they also have an online chat, and you can reach Kids Helpline at 1 800 55 1 800. From Q News, uh, arts based company All Queens Men has invited our Brisbane elders to the fabulous and free LGBTQ elders dance this weekend. Beck Reed and Tristan Meacham ha- and are founders of All, of All Queens Men. They began the LGBTQIA elders dance club in Melbourne in 2016. In 2018, they staged an inaugural Coming Back Out Ball in Melbourne, which was filmed and featured in a movie on the, of the same name. Since then, they've spread events across the country, including to Brisbane. Sadly, many lesbian, gay, bisexual, trans and gender diverse elders feel they must go back into the closet to access aged care and social support services. The event was founded to combat that loneliness, which is particularly acute for many elderly LGBTQIA plus people. 
A crop scientist has debunked a rumour that male trees and botanical sexism is causing increased hay fever by explaining trees are super effing queer. Over the last few months, a theory has been making the rounds on TikTok, attempting to explain why hay fever sufferers are experiencing worse reactions. The theory is that cities are planting only male trees because capitalism doesn't want people to get free fruit from male from female trees. Therefore, TikTokers have been declaring that male trees are producing too much pollen with no female trees to fertilise. Although it is tempting to blame hay fever on capitalism, and personally, I blame everything on capitalism, (laughs) a crop scientist has taken to Twitter to to debunk the claim. Dr. Sarah Tabor created a Twitter thread to help people understand Tree Sex Ed 101. She explained most tree species have both male and female flowers and or every single flower on the tree has both pollen and ovaries. There are no male versus female trees for most species. It is impossible to plant only male trees. Trees do not respect the human gender binary. You could say the reason we have so much pollen is not landscaping, capitalism or botanical sexism. It's just that trees are super effing queer and you would be right. That ends off our queer um, news whip for the week. Um... I think the rest of the stories were pretty chill, so I won't do the hotlines again. Um, We're going to listen to some music now, and when we get back from the break, we're going to uh, listen to an interview Sammy did earlier in the week with um, the iconic June Jones. Want more Loud and Queer? Follow our socials at SinLoud on Instagram and Twitter. Welcome back to Loud and Queer. We have a special little interview for you guys to listen to. Um, that Sammy did with June Jones. June Jones is a Nam-based songwriter, singer, music, multi-instrumentalist and producer. Off the back of her sophomore album, Leaf Cutter, released earlier this year, comes a new single, Motorcycle, co-produced by Garyam. Leaf Cutter was critically praised, especially in local and community spaces. Motorcycle offers some familiar sounds and themes with a new distinct cyberpop punk feel. Sammy had a virtual sit-down with June earlier this week, so take a listen. How have you been lately and how has like this lockdown been? Has it been like a resting period or still fairly busy? Yeah, um, I think it's been a combination of the two. At this point, you know, all the lockdowns are sort of um, combining into one long fever dream. But luckily I've found a bit of inspiration to do some writing in the past couple of weeks. And I think that's kind of keeping me keeping me grounded at the moment and keeping me busy because, yeah, I also recently started living alone, um, which has been great, but, you know, weird going into lockdown. Easy to not see anyone for a long time. Yeah. 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 Um, Can you tell us a bit about your new single, Motorcycle, and um, how it came about? And uh, I guess what felt different about putting this one together compared to doing like a self-produced album like Leafcutter? Totally. Um, yeah, Motorcycle kind of originally started as a tweet. Um, back when I had Twitter, I've actually deleted it recently, which has been great. But, um, yeah, I just made some tweet with uh, a picture of a green Kawasaki motorbike. And it said something like, every day I wake up and wish I was her. And it just, it's, it was a very silly kind of, um, beginning for, that song but I think I don't know it just got stuck in my head and I started singing it to myself and I think I was like surprised that I'd managed to um, come up with a melody that was kind of like fun and poppy um, in a way that not a lot of the music I've written 
has been, I think, and for a while I've wanted to try and make some music that was more up-tempo um, and that, um, you know, paid homage, I guess, to to a lot of the pop music that I've loved throughout my life um, and just the feeling of, like, you know, dancing at a club, which is something that is so hard to imagine doing right now. So those were sort of some of the, you know, seeds for the song. And then I worked on it with my great friend, Garyon, who is a really um, talented producer. And we kind of sent it back and forth a bit and um, did a bit of production on either side. Yeah, I don't know. It's really fun to make. Came together really quickly. Um, and it's it was really good to, to work with someone after spending like 18 months um, making an album alone, which was like a weird weird thing to do in hindsight but kind of fitting because a lot of that time you know we were in lockdown yeah but um I really honestly I really love the song which is not something I can usually say about uh music that has gotten to the point where I can release it so I still like listening to it which is great yeah no that's great so um you and you and Gary and made it was it like face-to-face working on it co-producing it or kind of just sending completely in lockdown sending stuff back and forth um it was a little bit of both yeah it kind of moved you know like between periods of I think we we mostly made it outside of lockdown but even then we'd sort of do some work on it separately and um and send each other stems and stuff um yeah but then we you know we did do some work on it um together in person yeah nice um, yeah, and you mentioned it kind of being a bit of a tribute to kind of dance music and up-tempo music you love. Um, is there any kind of inspiration specifically that come to mind? I think if I had to, like, search into my psyche and find the inspirations for Motorcycle, um, a couple of big ones would probably be Sophie and um, 100 Gex. Um, yeah, Sophie, who I've been listening to for a few years, and 100 Gex, who I feel like I only started listening to maybe like a year ago and I just really appreciate the fun I don't know they yeah listening to them I'm like this really feels like Gen Z's version of like Blink-182 or something yeah for sure I think that's pretty pretty cool yeah no I definitely feel like it has that um kind of new age hyper pop sound to it um it's right in there in Mm. people's playlists and whatnot yeah I'm sure it'll be um considered very dated within like six months (laughs) at the, the rate that everything's going well i guess uh like speaking of that um it's been out for like three weeks now how has like the initial reception been or like how has you felt how have you felt it's been i feel like from what i've seen on social media like your fans and stuff people seem to love it yeah i think um i think the reception's been really positive um and which is always a relief when i feel like i'm doing something a bit different from what i've done before which honestly is most times I make an album or in this case a single because I get really um, antsy to like do new things and explore different parts of music that I love. Um, but yeah, it always feels so nice when people receive a new sound with the kind of positivity that um, I've gotten, you know, in the case of Motorcycle. And, you know, I think maybe people are just like really down for music to like party to and, to not feel completely devastated by the state of the world while listening to. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, 
kind of like spoke on this a bit in like earlier questions, but um, I guess like, do you think much about the evolution of your sound from like project to project and like how it all kind of flows as one discography of someone kind of found you and listened from like, for like um, first album to now, or is it just kind of like intuitive and what you feel like making and experimenting with? Um, I think it's a bit of both. If anything, I, I see in hindsight, like this progression, um, and I find it quite funny or something like, cause I think my music career kind of started with, um, the band I had two steps on the water, which was like folk instrumentation playing, you know, sort of folky sort of post hardcore punk kind of stuff, like elements of both this very, uh, tactile analog acoustic sound um and then when I made my first solo record it was I don't know looking back on it like I I like the record but it feels like this kind of awkward pubescent um thing that is half piano ballads that are like really slow and kind of devastating and then half synth pop songs that maybe go for slightly too long um, but it's, it feels like this thing that is moving from the world of like analog and acoustic into something more electronic. And then the album that came out this year, the second one, Leaf Cutter, is quite wholly electronic. Um, and there's maybe like more mid tempo, but still has, you know, a like semi DIY feel to it because it's, you know, I self produced it and I was learning production while I was making it yeah and then obviously motorcycle the track uh which has this like injection of um amazing production from gary on you know as well as uh it's the first album that i've had someone else mix um you know other than whoever produced it and uh has becky witten mastering it as well so it's got like all these hands on on deck to make it this like really shining gem yeah and so I, I can really see um this arc that each of the things I've released has has kind of like drawn between them um and I think at the moment I'm really excited to do you know things that are that are more like motorcycle um and I think at the end of the day I feel like everything I do is still revolve it still revolves around you know my voice and my songwriting and my lyrics um and so even when it's different it's still part of the same kind of story or something yeah for sure so is motorcycle going to be a part of like a larger cyber pop punk kind of project or um not sure right now um yeah not totally sure i kind of I think like, um, you know, it can be a bit cringe to talk too much about self-care, <laughs> but it's something that I feel like is self-care that I'm trying to do is not forcing myself to make another album right now um, because I've kind of done four in a row and each one has been started before the previous one was released. So I've had this like non-stop huge time of, of writing and so what I'm trying to work on at the moment I guess is just like songs rather than thinking too much about like a, a larger project but um at the moment I'm working on a couple of things a couple of songs 
um, that have more of an electric guitar element um, because I think that's something that was notable maybe only to me, which is that um, after the band finished and I, and I was making my first record, I decided that I didn't want any guitar on it except for bass, like any six string, because that was my main instrument in the band. Um, so there was none on the first record, none on the second record. And then Motorcycle has a little bit in the choruses, I think. Oh, actually, no, I think it's all throughout. Um, some electric guitar. And I just started playing guitar again for the first time in like three years. And I'm really enjoying just like shredding. Um, and so I'm trying to bring some elements, you know, of like metal and metal adjacent guitar into, um, yeah, some upbeat songs. But who knows, maybe it'll never see the light of day. That's just as fun, honestly, if making music and not even sure if it's going to be released. It just sounds like it is a f- more of a fun time than stressing about what kind of larger project it's going to become. Yeah, totally. All right. So you have a huge national tour for motorcycle coming up, COVID permitting. How are you feeling about that? Um, it's hard to know how to feel about it. Yeah. <laughs> I feel great about doing it when it can be done. And, you know, I'm hoping that that won't be, um, I'm hoping that we won't have to postpone any of the shows, but I am sure that we will have to postpone some, if not all. Um, yeah. yeah, it's just a very weird time to be um, trying to organize stuff so far in advance. Cause I think, when we were planning the tour originally, it really seemed very feasible and doable. Um, And, you know, in the past month or so, that's become something that seems less and less likely that it'll happen when it's planned to. But the idea is basically, yeah, we're going to take it as it comes and any shows that need to be postponed will be and, um, you know, anyone that gets tickets will still have those tickets for the later date if they um, can make it. And if not, there'll be refunds. But yeah, so the tour is hopefully something that will happen, you know, soon, if not soonish. And when it seems realistic, I will be very excited for it. Nice. Um, yeah, when it, when it does happen, um what's going to be different about uh, performing this time and I guess the the live setup and the band setup, I guess we could say. Yeah. Yeah. So um, Gary on who, who co-produced motorcycle is going to be joining me on stage, which is really exciting. And we'll be playing um, tracks off leaf cutter and we'll play motorcycle. And, you know, depending on when the shows are, we might even have a couple more things to, to play but I'm really excited to, to tour with them when we can. Um, yeah, because they're just a really, really close friend of mine and an amazing musician. Um, and it'll be cool to play my music with another person because I don't do that very often these days. Yeah, I was, I was thinking. I, I've, I haven't seen you live uh, too many times, unfortunately, but I think every time I have seen you, it's been, you've been on stage solo. So yeah, yeah. Very cool. Totally. I think Garyon is the only other person I've played solo shows with, and that's only 
been a couple of times, maybe for, um, I think the first album launch, they played um, bass on a few songs. But yeah, otherwise it's been a, a totally solo live setup, um, which I quite enjoy as well. There's fewer people to roll their eyes at me when I um, spend too long trying to make jokes on stage. But um, yeah, I'm, I really miss playing live shows a lot. And I hope we can, we can do it again soon. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming onto the show. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Um, where can people keep up to date online? Or I guess if they want to check out the single and maybe get some tickets for the, the tour? Totally. Um, yeah, I think social media-wise, I'm probably most active on Instagram. And um, in the bio, there's a link to my link tree. And that has all the um, events for the for the tour shows. Yeah. Otherwise, you know, if you Google the show, you'll find the, the ticket link. Awesome. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thanks. That was Sammy speaking with June Jones about her upcoming tour dates and new single Motorcycle. And uh, yeah, I want to thank June Jones again for coming onto the show. Thank you, June, for joining us. Sin advises that the following content may be distressing for some listeners. Welcome back to Loud and Queer. Uh, you're here with Laura, Liz and Sammy and we're going to head into Froth or Not now. Um, how has everyone's week been in terms of frothing or notting? What more can we say about another lockdown? But eh. Yeah, so Victoria just got extended, right, oh, about a week yep. ago, a few days ago. I've lost track. <laughs> I'm spending my birthday in lockdown. Oh no, when is it? 21st. Oh, I'm sorry. That's my best friend's birthday as well, actually. Ah. <laughs> um, yeah, and New South Wales, where I am, just went into lockdown in regional New South Wales. So, hey. <laughs> has, has anyone got a cool froth for us? Sammy, I think you had something cool happen today. Yeah, well, if anyone's noticed, I've been... Uh, strange energy today, a bit tired on than <laughs> normal tired. Is uh, I just got my first AZ uh, vaccine nice. jab this morning. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's been good. I I've been wanting to get it for a while, but it's uh, been um, mm. just tricky with uh, eligibility and supply. Um, even though AZ is a bit easier mm. like a bit more in supply obviously here we need to wax and it finally has and awesome got in there that's really cool and now i have 5g superpowers oh um, yeah the internet's and... crazy clear right now <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i'm getting mine on friday i'm uh, talking to my gp tomorrow but if everything goes well and i think it will because um i don't have any of the underlying conditions they worry about for astrazeneca so i should be good to go which is nice um considering that cases in regional new south wales are spreading and that's pretty horrible but um if you can get vaccinated do it yeah i yeah for sure yeah i haven't i'm not too sure when i'm getting it yet it's sort of more bit of discussion with the family and everything because like there's a lot of people in my family so like it's kind of a point of like if one of us gets it, we're all getting it. Like, mm. like because like my parents were eligible to get it the first time, I believe. So like they've gotten the first half of it. Mm. So 
yeah, at this point, I'm just kind of waiting to, you know, probably have a good sit down with them and sort of talk about, okay, when are we doing this? I would like to get it done now, please. Mm, I think my parents, they're in WA. They've been lucky enough to, I think they've just gotten their second vaccine. So. Oh, that's good. It's pretty cool. Yeah, they're over 60. So they just went and got AZ. It's easy. Um, how's the process been, uh, Sammy, in terms of booking in? Was it um, hard or did it take a long time? Uh, it's like AstraZeneca, it, it's quite easy. You just, you, there's like this eligibility mm. checker, which has existed for a long time now. And I'm sure hopefully everyone listening is aware of it. Uh, if not, go just Google like COVID vaccine eligibility mm. checker and it's like a useful little quiz just to check um and it will like tell you roughly what's going on in your state mm. and uh if it is all good you can use a portal through that website to then book so yeah it was pretty seamless i didn't have to talk to anyone before actually arriving to the clinic where i got vaccinated and it was just a like place that was offering it for people in our age group now or just 18 and over mm. generally yeah, and uh, um, I also think it's worth considering as well, uh, as like a lot of people in our community struggle with mental health. It's just like a whole other thing that's been outlined in research and mm. stuff uh, that you probably you might be eligible for Pfizer as well in the queer community. Mm. Uh, it's just like it's dependent on everyone's individual mental health history, of course, mm. but it, the guidelines around that are quite generalized. So definitely like. Um, obviously speak to your GP or a GP or medical professional about the risks of AZ that are very low, it's worth noting. But mm-hmm. And then uh, also probably if you do have a mental health professional in your life or a psych, probably worth talking to them as well about the potential of Pfizer because mm-hmm. it is that is a thing that I think, uh, yeah, can be considered. Your point on mental health was good too because um, I've got a bit of anxiety around some health related things um Mm. and yeah I think it's um it's it's never been something I've needed you know it's not bad enough for me that I'm um feeling like I need to get Pfizer or anything but in terms of um I guess like procrastination anxiety really encourages me to procrastinate things so while I didn't have a high risk um before like you know, such a spike in Delta in New South Wales, I was like, oh, you know, I'll wait and see if Pfizer rolls out. But I just, the fact is I can't trust what the government has just repeatedly failed to give answers on um, in terms of when, uh, like, stages are going to be opened up. Like, they, they haven't known for so long that I would just rather have the safety of getting AstraZeneca considering this is highly spreadable you know my community is primarily older people um at you know in this town so it's sort of it just feels like the right thing to me I think that's why I'm doing it yeah exactly I mean especially for me I'm thinking of a like on my mind right now is uh, that it's starting to reach remote communities um definitely this it could be really bad so it's something to keep in Mm -hmm. mind for like I guess anyone are not indigenous that it, there is um yeah yeah a higher like risk factor for first nations people particularly in re- remote communities and it's like the the fact that the cases are resurging in uh, like around the country here and there is yeah should be another reason why uh people 
not considering or looking into getting a vaccine right now should start thinking about it maybe please yeah. i want to go outside yeah <laughs> yeah and you know then we can go outside and we can like help our mental health a little bit more which is always nice and um yeah in terms of i guess also reminding people you know we heard this a lot in the beginning but not overwhelming the health system and that's been particularly clear to me being out here and having very limited health services like i can't even get into a gp face to face i have to do telehealth with my old melbourne gp so just in terms of like recognizing that um we're trying to look out for everybody and not spread this further and further into places where people won't be able to get the full care that they need if they need to go on a ventilator. So yeah, let's just, yeah, take care of each other, do the right thing and we'll be out of this. But yeah, anyway, Elizabeth, did you have a froth this week? <laughs> I don't know. I guess like hype for my birthday. I don't know. Like, yeah, turning 22. So that's good. That's so good. But, Are you going to be able to celebrate somehow at home? <laughs> um, hopefully, like, admittedly, like, my family and I, like, it had kind of come out of left field. We hadn't planned a lot for it. So, like, mm. I don't have anything. <laughs> so my parents were just kind of like, hey, make a little wish list of things you want and we'll surprise you. <laughs> it was just like, I was like, this is sweet. Okay, thank you. That's cute. Do you have <laughs> any, most- what's your wish list like? Um, mainly it's a lot of cosplay stuff, but I know one thing I'm getting cool. is another paint by numbers kit and I love paint by numbers kit. So I'm excited for that. Ooh, that sounds fun. Mm. Um, what kind of cosplay stuff though? More jewelry Ooh. or what are we looking at? Wigs. Lots of wigs. wigs. Cool. Yeah. Wigs are expensive. Yeah, they are. They're probably like the most expensive part of cosplay, right? Like the one-off um, kind of expense. Yeah, true that. Like. I mean, it's it very it very much depends a lot of it. Like yeah. it, like you kind of ex- go slowly and everything because like I enjoy cosplay, but man, it takes some dig in the wallet. It does, yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> but like some of it can be foam or like oh yeah, um, you can make your own, which takes a lot of time. But like I feel like wigs always are just super expensive, especially good quality ones. Oh yeah, it's. it's it very much it varies a lot. You have to be very careful. They've, I had this one time I bought two wigs that I bought a blonde wig and it was a bit too short for me. So I was like, okay, this isn't really going to work. Like it's too coarse and spiky. And mm. so I found another one. I bought it and it was the exact same wig. <laughs> it was, I was oh, so mad. Oh no, I hate that. I was so angry. Mm. Well, that'll be cool. And um, maybe your family can bake you a cake, celebrate you a little bit. <laughs> I'm sure that'll be nice like I'm happy to be like I mean I'm happy to be at home with my family and like we're, mm. we're safe we're healthy like there's no yeah. like no serious issues going on right now so like that's at, in this time that's all you can really ask for I think so mm, yeah. yeah yeah oh that's good happy birthday thank you <laughs> any any other news on your end did you mention your froth i have i'm trying to think of one uh well like it's it's just kind of weird because with news your job is sort of more exciting the more terrible things are going (laughs) it's true but not only that not only that like um i've also like my usual kind of beat is like the council matters here so like 
there's a council meeting this week which is like great because things are picking up but then suddenly there was COVID and I was like whoa okay <laughs> um and that affects mm. the councils because they do a lot of advocacy in the border community to try and get a cohesive model so that people in New South Wales that need Victorian services and Victorians people that need New South Wales services can like move a bit and like not spread stuff because you sort of lock out everyone who's not in that bubble um yeah and like that would work really well if the state leaders actually worked together and so my froth today is kind of that I like they've organized these like zoom press conferences with um like John Barillara the deputy premier of New South Wales and he's like John Barillara I won't go too much into that but I think you're all you know if you follow politics you're kind of around (laughs) what he's like and um then yesterday there was another one with Gladys Berejiklian. So there's like 40, 50, 60 journalists on there from regional places being like, so what about my area? And they have to know it all and it's like wild. Um, they don't mm. like know everything obviously because they'll like if they need to sidestep a question or they'll say I'll take that on notice or whatever. But um, it was just really funny kind of opening that up and seeing all these other journalists there and then suddenly like a black box pops up and it says John Barillaro and it felt like a troll (laughs) like it felt Mm. like someone was like trolling this zoom call and then it's just his face and then Gladys Berejiklian popped up and it was just like surreal and then she I don't know it was it was quite funny because um (laughs) just the angle that they're at because it's not like a properly set up press conference they're just like sitting on their laptop with like like it just felt so candid and weird you know and I was just there like this is so strange and then I got to like ask some questions about my region and I was like well it's kind of cool to be able to like make them answer this stuff because they should they should be like you know (laughs) responding to it and um yeah it's just been kind of like interesting and strange you know because you're sort of in this very tiny little town and then sometimes these big politicians sort of become very relevant to you and you suddenly have to know what to ask them and it's just like strange but exciting in a way if that makes sense yeah Yeah. and then you can like kind of give answers to the people that like live next door to you which is cool you know yeah for sure but also like we got um some defamation training today and I'm just like kind of happy that I'm like getting experiences you know like I'm just like yes gonna be a really great journalist one day because I'm like getting all this training and experience yeah so it's just kind of fun to do that stuff but yeah no it's been good and I think also because it just like I had a few weeks where I didn't have a lot going on so you end up doing sort of really cutesy stories sometimes which can be a bit like it's nice the community wants to know about that stuff but then I'm sort of like oh I'm going to do something that makes me think. Yeah. Yeah. Give me the good stuff. Exactly. Anyway, anything else we want to mention? I mean, I guess just to circle back to uh, our first news story and stuff, just uh, I guess not generally and just, uh, yeah, quite. uh, I guess, I guess, I mean, I'm constantly like just disturbed and ashamed in this government, but particularly ashamed in uh just what's been happening with uh afghanistan and Mm. um 
the way the withdrawal has been treated. I mean, uh, I guess like particularly like Australia's uh, relationship with that war is that like there's refugees from that have fled that war in 2013 who are still in detention mm. in this country and now their families who they were hoping to like seek settlement so they could get so they could like get their families out of the country and now also refugees yeah it's yeah it's uh it's definitely tragic and then uh it uh, obviously uh, as we mentioned is affecting queer refugees a lot more and uh generally like even past settlement queer refugees are often forgotten and uh like that's within our queer community as well mm. um so it's just yeah what to think about uh in terms of that withdrawal i guess because um as well that was like it really it was spun as a really good news story uh without like any kind of like intricacies put to it when joe biden announced the withdrawal earlier this year mm. uh when at that point it was already raised that there was going to be concerns with uh like people like afghan locals that had been helping militaries and other forces like other forces from outside of afghanistan getting threats from the taliban uh pre all this news and then mm. they, they were warned that if those people weren't offered kind of settlement or protection it would be bad and this is what's happened so yeah, yeah. it's that's uh it's just i don't know it, it feels like mute to say war is bad but it's like that that was older than me and uh mm. it's just ridiculous how people trying to flee from it are treated yeah and i think i've been feeling quite like ashamed as well on behalf of like this country's part in it you know it's so much imperialism and history at play there pre pre the taliban and uh they're awful obviously and the uh, it's like we're constantly seeing these uh like countries that we are a part of like like colonies like australia uh, doing the wrong thing, in, in my opinion. Mm. One thing also um, I think is important to just keep in mind is that, like, look out for your fellow, for, like, for, like, your fellow Islams that are here. Like, well, you know what I mean? Like, people that are practicing Islam just because, like, obviously, like, the Taliban is such an extreme group and knowing how a lot of bigots are, like, there probably will be seen an increased amount of hate towards them. So just look out for them when you can, because they're going to need that in this time. Yep. Very good point. Um, I mean, this mm. is all stuff that's been pretty voiced before, but it's just like, that's, mm. yeah, that I, that's particularly on my mind and I guess uh, right and call to immigration ministers, uh, like your state ministers, um, mm. And yeah, I guess the, the immediate thing you could do is just uh, a request that Australia like considers taking in more refugees, yeah. given that this country's uh, like world infamous treatment of refugees. It's worth writing because yeah. it's not that our government isn't just going to act on kindness. Yeah, and I think we all want to stop interfering, but now we've. Mm done this we need to take responsibility and and i think that does look like taking in more refugees um because yeah we definitely have done so much damage and what else can we do you know (laughs) this is a pretty 
messed up situation. And so, yeah, I think writing to your MPs is a great idea. If you need support right now, you can call Beyond Blue at 1300 224636, Kids Helpline at 1800 55 1800, or Lifeline at 131114. Welcome back to Loud and Queer. You're here with Sammy, Laura and Liz. Uh, we're going to wrap up the show now. Today we basically just talked about, um, obviously, our froth or not, our news whip and the amazing interview that Sammy did with June Jones. If you want to get in touch with us without anything we talked about today, you can get in touch on our socials on Twitter and Instagram at SinLoud. That's at S-Y-N Loud or Loud and Queer on Facebook. You can listen to the Spotify playlist, which is all the music we've played on the show previously at the Loud and Queer mixtape 2021. We'll see you next Sunday at three. And um, thank you so much for listening to us. See you all next week. Mm